The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor and chief at BuffaloRumlinks.com and host of Buffalo Rumlinks Q&A. Well, we finally made it to April, which means the 2020 NFL Draft is fast approaching. We found out this week it's going to be a virtual draft, so kind of like what we do all the time. To have your questions answered over the course of the next month as we get up to and uh, conclude the 2020 NFL Draft, send in your questions to us at 716-508-0405. That's our voicemail line, open 24 hours a day. You can tweet us at rumblingsq&a. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can email us, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Facebook, Instagram messages, lots of ways to get in touch with the show. You can leave your questions in the show notes article that posts every week over at buffalorumblings.com. This week, we've got questions mostly about uh, the NFL draft, but some other stuff is sprinkled in there as well. Uh, Hope you're all staying safe and staying away from each other. Let's get to the questions. start right off with our Twitter question of the week from bmormon2020. Relative to 2019 stats, how will the addition of Diggs impact Brown, Beasley, Knox, and Singletary as a receiver and as a back? Well, the addition of Diggs is certainly going to impact those players. Um, it's going to impact some of the snaps that Brown and Beasley play. John Brown was in on 85% of the offensive plays. Cole Beasley was in on 68% of the offensive plays with Dawson Knox at 60%. And then is Devin Singletary, who played 49.5% of the snaps. Singletary may be in line to get more snaps anyway, just because of the loss of Frank Gore and how Singletary is going to step into that number one running back role. Uh, but it's going to depend on how they address replacing Gore. If they you know, draft a, a high running back in the 2020 NFL draft, you wouldn't expect Singletary to get a huge boost in in snaps just because Gore leaves. Uh, but Gore played uh, 35% of the snaps, so it's not like there's a ton of those to go around either. I think you're going to see a little bit less of the two tight end sets, which is going to make a lot of people happy. Lee Smith played uh, 30% 
of the Bills' snaps last year, and I expect that to go down a little bit. I expect to go Patrick uh, Patrick DeMarco's numbers to go, continue going down a little bit. Uh, as the season wore on with um, offensive coordinator Brian Dable up in the the coach's box. He went away from those two tight end sets and went more toward three wide receiver sets. I think it's really going to cut into um, Isaiah McKenzie's snaps, uh, the gadget player who played uh, 42% of the offensive snaps last year. I really don't think he's going to get anywhere close to that this year. Um, but it's also going to eat into all the rest of those guys that you were talking about. So just opportunity cost. Diggs is, you know, going to be the number one wide receiver he's going to play more snaps than anybody else probably but you have to look a little bit further down too um duke williams played 16 percent of the snaps robert foster 20 percent of the snaps zay jones 16 percent of the snaps andre roberts 10 percent of the snaps so even if you rearrange everything and um you know zay jones obviously won't see the field and robert foster sees less snap or fewer snaps and duke williams sees fewer snaps you can see where they carve out that role for um stefan diggs without having to you know completely neuter the rest of the passing attack you can see where those snaps are going to be able to come from now as far as production goes uh it really remains to be seen how they're going to be able to hit the ground running right now just because of all of the off-season restrictions that are in place with getting together and working out and practicing. I don't see Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen getting a considerable amount of time to get on the same page between now and the opening of training camp. And if that's August 1st, um, I think we'll be probably lucky. Uh, so seeing how that's all going to come together with uh, the coronavirus problems that are affecting travel and you know large gatherings it's going to be very difficult for them to be on the same page right off the bat so we might see an easing in of stefan Diggs into the offense at least into you know the actual game plan game plan stuff but he's still going to command looks he's still going to command uh the ball being thrown his way because that's one way to make you know to kind of blow up the season is make Stefan Diggs unhappy and then like the whole locker room can go down the tubes pretty quickly so let's get back to the actual text of the question here and it's how will the addition of Diggs impact Brown, Bees, Knox, and Singletary let's start that question by looking at the other guys on the roster that had some reception. So let's uh, scoop up Robert Foster's three, Andre Roberts three, uh, Zay Jones seven, Duke Williams 12. I mean, there's 25 catches right there. Isaiah McKenzie had 27 running those gadget jet sweeps and, and things like that. So we can gobble up some of those as well. Um, and then you can start to see some down ticks from the guys near the top. So if if Stefan Diggs is targeted you know, 100 and, I don't know, let's say 120 times, which would be more than any player last year on the Bills. If he was targeted 120 times, he's probably going to come away with 75 catches and you know more than 1,000 yards, hopefully. That's going to knock John Brown out of that top spot into somewhere in the neighborhood of like 60, 65 receptions and 750 yards, maybe more. Um, and then you're going to see a, a little bit of a drop-off from Cole Beasley, but he plays such a different thing than Stefan Diggs. I know Stefan Diggs is a great route runner, but Cole Beasley is that kind of underneath guy. Um, I can see a spot for all of them in the offense, especially, you know, nice little three wide receiver sets with Devin Singletary in the backfield and Dawson Knox on the right 
outside, you know, go, going out into passing routes. You can see spots for all of them to be there and participate, just taking guys like Robert Foster and Isaiah McKenzie off the field. So I'm not anticipating a huge drop off like Cole Beasley going from 67 catches down to 25 catches or or John Brown going from 72 catches down to 25 catches. Uh, I'm gonna see you're gonna see them downtick for sure as they move into different roles. But just look at John Brown over the course of his career. He's not been that quote unquote number one receiver, but he's had like 42 receptions for 700 yards in 2018 with Baltimore. And that was on a team that didn't pass very much in 2018, those Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he had 65 catches for a thousand yards in 2015. He had uh, 48 catches for 700 yards in 2014. Like he's been that number two role, and if he can just replicate that, the you know 55 catches for 800 something yards, I mean that would be solid. Assuming Stephon Diggs takes over the number one role and is getting a thousand yards, so uh, it, it, you can see where he can make that case. Uh, looking at say Cole Beasley. He was targeted 106 times in 2019, the most of his career. But even if you go back and look at some of his you know, older statistics, 87 targets in 2018, 63 in 2017, 98 in 2016, 75 in 2015. If he gets similar production from that and gets somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 to 700 yards receiving and, and scores four or five touchdowns, I don't think anyone's going to think that they overpaid for him or he's going to be unhappy with his role in the offense. Now, he did come to Buffalo for a bigger role in the offense, but at this point in time, that's kind of a moot point. So if you can see him go from 106 targets down to 75 targets, I think that's like a reasonable chunk of, of of catches to come or targets to come out of Cole Beasley's stat line. And it won't affect his stat line a ton. He might go from 800 yards and six touchdowns like he had in 2019 back down to you know, 600 yards and four touchdowns. I think that's perfectly acceptable. So it's going to affect all of them, but I'm not expecting a huge drop-off because they had so much play from Isaiah McKenzie and Robert Foster and Zay Jones and Duke Williams that they're going to be able to kind of like, I don't know, coalesce into one player's stat line. Thanks for the question over at Rumblings Q&A on Twitter. Switching over to some NFL draft talk, Dylan uh, Korthus asks us, Damon Arnett or Bryce Hall and why? Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar, those are two of the cornerbacks available in the 2020 NFL draft. I am of the belief that the Bills do have a pretty a pretty apparent need at the cornerback position, even if you assume that they retain Tredavious White heading into 2021, which they will. Uh, but even if you assume that, they only have Cam Lewis and Taron Johnson on the roster past 2020 at the cornerback position. So they're going to need to add players that can play significant steps starting in 2021, even if they don't have to play a ton in 2020. Arnett is the higher-ranked prospect of the two. The Bills will have to use their second-round pick to get him, if he even makes it all the way down to 54 where they're picking. Uh, but he has some versatility. He can go inside-outside. He can play uh, the zone like the Bills like. He can play man. Uh, there's a lot of versatility to his game, um, and he's got an edge that the Bills don't really have in that defensive backfield. Hall is coming off an injury, and because of the stuff with the coronavirus offseason, it's 
going to be difficult for him to get medically cleared by every team. Uh, he's much more likely to make it to the third, maybe even the fourth round of the NFL draft. Um, from what I read, he would fit into Sean McDermott's zone-based scheme pretty well, where he wouldn't have to be the only guy, you know, say going you know man-to-man down the field with a quick twitch receiver underneath or something like that for the entire time. So he would make sense in that regard. The Bills need a cornerback. I don't care where they take him. Uh, I don't know too much about either of these guys. I know that they're going to add somebody. So let's keep an eye just on the position in general, and we'll have some further breakdowns of Buffalo Rumblings coming up in the next couple weeks. Thanks for your question at Rumblings Q&A. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Let's head over to the phone lines at 716-508-0405. Hi, um, I'm Anthony from uh, I'm I'm from New Jersey. Uh, my question is, so for Josh Allen, there's a lot of people saying that he's going to make a big jump and he's expected to do all these things. But what do you think we should expect from him and his performance? Um, like going into like a little more detail about it, like not just saying that he's going to make a big jump in year three, but like the numbers, the jump in those numbers. Like what should we expect? More details, you know. Uh, thank you. Thank you for calling in from New Jersey, Anthony. Hope you're staying safe down there uh, right now. Luckily for you, we ran a nice projection of what Josh Allen's leap could be from 2019 to 2020. We ran that back at the end of February. Uh, Jeff Kontrowski, you might know him as Scarecrow on buffalorumlinks.com, wrote the article. I'll go through a few of those key stats for you just to show you kind of based on past experience, what have other quarterbacks done going from year two to year three in their offenses? In 2019, Josh Allen averaged or had 193.1 yards per game. Most quarterbacks stay pretty darn close to their second year average in terms of yards per game, which wouldn't be great. But it, I mean, if he gets up to over 200 yards per game, I think we would most, most of us would probably be okay with that. Theoretically, he could make a huge jump up to like 240 yards per game, but I find that hard to believe right now. Even if they do pass a lot more, I just don't see him becoming magically a ton more accurate on his deep passes. And 
I think you're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 yards per game, maybe a little bit over that from his 2019 average of 193 yards per game. In terms of yards per attempt, he was at 6.7 yards per attempt in 2020. I think a little bit of an uptick there is you know, probably normal, but again, they usually stay right around where they've been in the past, at least. So we can expect him to go, say, from a 6.7 up to 6.9 or 7, maybe. Um, on the high end, we might be able to see like a 7.5 with the addition of Stefan Diggs and the ability to track deep balls. That's kind of been placed all on Josh Allen. Is the like he hasn't been able to hit on those deep balls, but some of it is the receivers not being able to track it really well. So let's just say that he gets a little bit better tracking there and gets up to from 6.7 to 7 or 7.2 yards per attempt. His completion percentage was at 58.8. It's probably going to tick up just a couple points as well. Um, so say 62%, 61%, somewhere in there. That's an increase of just three percentage points, but it, you know, it's significant. Over the course of a game, it might be one more completed pass. It's not even that many. Uh, his touchdown percentage was 4.3. The average is right around 4.3 of the other guys that we've talked about. It's probably not going to improve much there. His interception rate was 2.0. A lot of quarterbacks continue to go up there as well uh, because they get a little bit more aggressive at, into year three of their careers. So I know a lot of people are expecting him to take a jump, and maybe he will in terms of, I mean, we've just been talking about stats here, but in terms of, say, processing, if he can put his guys in better positions, then the Bills can still do better, even if his stats don't significantly increase. But I'm not expecting his stats to significantly increase from 2019 to 2020. Um, and by significant increase, we're talking about 10% gains uh, or something like that. If we go from 193 yards per game and increase by 10%, that's 19 more yards per game. That puts him up in the 215 range. I think that would be a nice increase for him, 10%. If in yards per attempt, we can go from 6.7 yards per attempt, add 10% to that, which is 0.67 yards, get him up to 7.3 yards per attempt. I think that would be a really big jump. I think that would be high, actually, but that would be nice. A 10% increase in completion percentage not going from 58.8 uh, to 68.8, but going from 58.8 up to, say, 63 or 64%, I think that would be a huge, big, nice jump for him. Uh, so I think just incremental increases is is kind of what we're looking for here. I wouldn't expect you know him to come out firing like Andrew Luck or, I don't know, I just don't expect a huge jump from Josh Allen this year in terms of passing statistics. Maybe we'll see a little bit higher scoring average out of the team, and that's really what I'm looking for more is the team scoring more points, not necessarily Josh Allen's completion percentage jumping up into, say, the top 5% in the NFL. Thanks for your question over at our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. Back to Twitter, where uh, Jean-Pierre Jobin asks us, cornerback two, safety, or running back two, what is the most needed position as of now, and which one will come first at this year's draft? Thanks, and go Bills. Well, JP, I, I think that cornerback two is a very important need going forward. Safety is an important need a year from now, and running back two is an more important need this year so if i'm ranking them in terms of short-term 
I'm looking at running back two, then cornerback two, then safety as the most needed position on the roster. Now, as far as whether when they're going to be addressed in the draft, I think running backs are certainly easier to find later in the draft. I do think that cornerback is a place where you could see them drafting in the second round, but I think safety is kind of a dark horse here. I think they are looking for an upgrade at that big nickel position and whether you call that guy a cornerback or a safety kind of matters in this conversation but it would not surprise me at all to see them pass on taking that traditional outside cornerback in order to take one of the bigger players the defensive hybrid players the defensive backfield hybrid players that could play that big nickel position so somebody that could come in and play a little bit of safety a little bit of cornerback um you know, in the mold of Dean Marlowe and Saran Neal, but better, uh, more athletic, more able to cover guys. Uh, so you can see them doing that in, say, the second or third round ahead of some of those needs on your roster. So it kind of depends on what you mean by CB2 and safety. Thanks for your question over at Rumblings Q&A. We've got time to answer one more today, and Frankie asks us, do you think the tweaks made have made us contenders, and if so, why? Yeah, Frankie, I think there's no reason the Bills can't be contenders in 2020 with a more stable offense, with a playmaker the likes of Stephon Diggs, uh, with second-year growth from guys like Dawson Knox and Devin Singletary on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, they they shored up all their holes right now. Uh, If they can continue to avoid injuries like they were able to do in 2019 very, very well, Uh, There's no reason not to think that the Bills can win the division, at least be in that conversation, be in the playoff conversation, have make a run. They've got a difficult schedule, but so does everybody else in the AFC East. They've got a good locker room. They've got coaching stability. They have a a growth mindset head coach, which I've talked about frequently on this show in Sean McDermott, a guy that's willing to learn from his mistakes and grow from them. They're adding things like a nickel coach and uh, a game management coordinator in order to deal with some of those new changes that are happening around the NFL. So I think that there's definitely a possibility that this team can be a contender in 2020. They've got playoff experience now at all levels of their roster. They've got youth. They've got experience. I understand why Brandon Bean is all in right now in win-now mode over the next two seasons because I think the Bills are really set up to be good over the next two seasons. Thanks for your question at Rumlings Q&A on Twitter. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Please get your questions in for next week. We've got a lot of draft talk coming down the pike at Buffalo Rumlings, including my look at a bunch of different uh, draft trades where we can see them moving up in the first round, second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, and seventh round. So all of those are coming this week over at buffalorumlings.com as we kind of start to wrap our heads around what the Bills might do at the 2020 NFL Draft. Call and leave your questions at 716-508-0405. Tweet us, Rumlings Q&A on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can email us, buffalorumlings at sbnation.com for next week. Go Bills! More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. 
Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.